That's how I'm getting through. My I can career. type fast. That's where I'm at. <laughs> if you need me to write at 225, I can do that. Everything else, please help me. Welcome to the Steno Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Katie, the Steno student, and Anna, the newly certified stenographer. We are here to create a space for fun friendships and coffee. Our hearts are set on digging into the stenography journey and what life is like as a student and certified stenographer. We would love for you to grab your coffee and join us for some Steno Talk. The NCRA Scholarship, the Milton H. Wright Memorial Scholarship, the deadline has been extended. So if you really, really, really wanted to do it and you're like, oh, I don't have enough time because the deadline is March 1st, you, my friend, are in luck. The deadline is now April 1st, so you have a whole month to apply, to see if you are eligible, see if you qualify, apply for it. And like I said, guys, it is free money. Who does not like money? Nobody. Everybody. Who doesn't like free money? Nobody. I may have said that wrong. Anyways, guys, it's free money. Get it. Uh, All you have to do is like be eligible and then uh, write an essay. It's not that hard. NCRA website or whatever. It's now April 1st. Go get that money, guys. Hey, guys. I can just imagine I point at you and like read back. Just kidding. I I would be pointing at Katie and I'd be like, hey, Katie, read back. The part of our show where we recap our week. And we read back our notes. I literally went back in my planner and I, I, because I write everything down there. So I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do anything this week, but I actually did. So Katie, how was your week? I had an actually really fun and exciting week. Um, as I blasted all over my social media a few times, we released our episode today on speed building. So I was able to, of course, implement a lot of those techniques since last Wednesday when we recorded it. And so I feel like my, my writing got better this week. So that was a huge plus no test passed yet, but they're coming. Um, and then I also got involved with the TCRA. They have this new student council of students only. And so uh, that's been really, really cool. I got appointed chairman at our first meeting. So I was super psyched about that. And thank you so much. And what I loved is they're the whole reason they put this council together is the same reason we're doing this podcast. They want students to not feel lonely. They want them to feel supported. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is my jam. This is what I'm doing. And so I'm excited to have this podcast on a national level and be able to really focus in on Texas students. And I'm like, court reporting students move to Texas so I can love <laughs> on you with, with the TCRA. So with that being said, I'm sure y'all have noticed I've been posting more on TCRA on my personal page, but whatever you as a student in Texas want from the association, tell me because I will make it happen for you. I did have a couple people ask me to deliver them margaritas when they passed us. Unfortunately, that's not a realistic goal that I can do, but maybe we could have a happy hour. I can do it. Once a month or something. Anna will come deliver. Let's do it. Anna Anna will travel Texas delivering margaritas. Oh, no, I meant like everyone. Like when you pass, take a trip to San Antonio and we'll have margaritas on the river walk. Go. Yeah. Come to San Antonio. We'll take you out for a margarita. There you go. That's that's the way we make it happen. That's why we're a team. Yes. <laughs> so anybody who doesn't live in Texas, come on down, move to Texas, and you can be part of the TCRA with us. It would be great. I feel like this is a good thing for you because if we as reporters and students want change, we have to be the change. And I think that this is a great opportunity for you to share your ideas and your goals. And we and you could make such a huge, huge difference and a huge change in the way things are right now. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I feel like just so many opportunities are being thrown our way and if we just take advantage of them. We can be the change that everyone wants and everyone needs. And I think it's just, I mean, congratulations. I think that's, yeah, for I think sure. that's amazing. Oh, thank you. 
It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, just watch my personal page. I am definitely going to be asking for those of you who do live in Texas to be sending me everything that you want to see from the TCRA and the changes that you'd like to see, what will make you feel like you're supported by that association. We have some fun events in the works, but I can't talk about them yet. We got to get some things approved and finalized. And then definitely if you're in Texas, plan on attending the convention in September as we're planning some student-specific classes, which I don't think they've done that before, but they did recognize that that's something that needs to happen. And they really, really want students to be more involved. And they recognize that things need to change and things need to be included. And Ultimately, I am here for you to tell me what you want, and I'm here to make it happen. So tell me. Aside from that, I was super, super excited about episode two, which released the day that we're recording this. And I'm super, super excited to hear more of the feedback as more of you listen to it. But it was all on speed building. And since I was able to start implementing that early, I did notice a big improvement in my writing and my practice. And that has been a lot of fun, just getting a lot of these briefs down and practicing in the shorter bits, I think is what has made the biggest difference for me. So this week has been busy and exciting and full of all my dreams coming true. So what more can you ask for? Oh, and Steno merch. Hello. We got our Steno Talk podcast merch and they're so fun. And I'll tell you guys, I'm real picky about my travel mugs, anything that should be keeping something hot or should be keeping something cold. This little travel Steno Talk mug kept my coffee hot the entire time I was drinking it. And I, it took me a couple hours. Like I had to leave the top off it because it wouldn't cool down enough for me to drink it. That's how great this is. And I just finished my cold coffee, which I poured myself at about three o'clock this afternoon. It just took me a while to get through it, but it was ice cold like the whole time. So get your Talk merch at www.stenotalkpodcast.com. And now, Anna, for your read back. <laughs> I just want to say, first of all, with the Talk merch mug with the tapa, that was so Mexican, sorry, with the tapa. <laughs> I did not one single time have to put my coffee in the microwave. When Which is great because you shouldn't put it in the microwave. It will explode. Okay. Well, not this. You know, I didn't have to put, I didn't have to reheat my coffee because it did. It kept it hot the whole entire time. So if, so you, you, lose it. if you are tired of walking to the microwave, guys, and heating up your coffee, merch is for you. Anyways, <laughs> my week. So my week was eventful. Um, on Monday, I shadowed a reporter from a firm that I am considering working for. Um, the attorney went on for what seemed like forever. I want to say five to five and a half hours. I can't calculate like minus the break and then this 10 minute break and this other five minute break. But I'm going to say like five-ish hours, right? The next day, my whole entire like upper body, my arms were like sore. I was just like, what in the world? But it's because I was writing for that long, um, which is crazy. Five hours, guys, it's a, it's a lot different than five minute tests. I can tell you that. <laughs> it is a long time to sit there. Oh my gosh, it was, it was the worst. You, you must have excellent posture and ergonomics. Ergonomics, I do. <laughs> Actually, when I felt like that, I was like, man, my ergonomics must be poo poo. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. I definitely that. cackled. That's fine. <laughs> I also, I also, I took my, my second official job, paying job. That was pretty cool. It was about an hour long. It was real smooth car accident. Yes, sir. No, ma'am, whatever. All the dream job. Um, No exhibits again. I feel like I'm getting very lucky because nobody, um, nobody had exhibits. So I'm, I'm waiting guys. I'm waiting for that day when they're like, I'd like to mark 37 exhibits. I'm going to be like, well, (laughs) <laughs> like, sorry, shut down Zoom and be like, oh, I lost everybody. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I also met with a student via Zoom. She needed some help with her school stuff. So she needed to interview for a class. She needed to interview a freelancer, a an official, and then a captioner. So I felt so cool because she picked me to be her freelancer. And um, the question that I thought was hilarious, it was, it asked me, how long have you been reporting? And I was like, nine days. I counted, guys. <laughs> it was only nine days. So it's not like I could, 
like I have a lot of experience, but I felt really honored that she, that she picked me. Um, and then I did post on Instagram and Facebook because I guess she felt like she didn't know too many people. And I feel like I know too many people. <laughs> so I asked <laughs> and for officials and cart and captioners, I'm sorry. And we, you know, the whole entire day, we still had people like volunteering, volunteering, volunteering. And it's just, it was so great for these reporters to be willing to help students out because they've been there. So they, they want to help out. So whenever a reporter is trying to help you out, guys, accept the help. <laughs> oh my gosh. And if you need help, ask for it. Yes. Oh my gosh. If you don't know where to go, come to us and we will find you somebody that we can will. help you with exactly what you need. Exactly. So I get, yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like, I'm so glad that she came to me instead of like not finding somebody and I don't know, potentially getting a bad grade or whatever. So we are, you know, we have the resources and if we don't, we will find the people to get you what you need. So that was pretty cool. I also, I met with the Sarah Murphy. Shout out. <laughs> She's my girl crush. <laughs> she is. I feel like we should all crush on Sarah. Um, sorry, I didn't want to make you uncomfortable, Sarah. But anyways, thank you so much for meeting. Now, now it's like I'm just talking to her instead of like talking. To her. Anyways, I met with Sarah and she was sweet enough to, I told her, I said, hey, talk to me like I'm a five-year-old because I really, I need it broken down like that. Like, <laughs> And she did. I know nothing. And I literally, this is what I tell people. Again, I know absolutely nothing. (laughs) So (laughs) I learned a lot from her. And I love that we met. And I just have like a better grasp, a better concept of like what I'm doing, why things are the things that they are. You know what I mean? I sent my first job out to a proofer. I felt really cool. I found a proofer and then send it out. And I felt like a real reporter. (laughs) We also, on Saturday, we had um, Shawnee's event. It was a birthday bash for Miss Brenda Counts, a reporter who has been reporting for 52 years, guys. So she's in her 70s. And that's how long she has been reporting. Oh, my God. Like, she's just, she's a legend. And everybody was just so, like, everybody was just dancing on there and celebrating her, celebrating her birthday, celebrating how amazing she is. So I was just like, this is the funnest thing ever. So, of course, because we are us, we made barbecue that night. We drank. We danced. We we did everything. And then I think that's it. It's a great week. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't think you ever have a week go by where you're not celebrating something <laughs> or somebody. I swear. Yeah. You ha- you're celebrating other people, too. I saw on your social media. But, yeah, you are all – you're the queen of celebration. This so is- come to San Antonio, guys, and have margaritas with Anna and Katie. It doesn't even matter what happened. We will celebrate it. <laughs> guys, we celebrate when we record a podcast. So <laughs> – you have second. to find you have to find reasons to celebrate. I'm like, hold on one second, let me go get some celebratory wine. <laughs> While we're at it. We're at it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into today's topic of time management. I know that we are both pretty avid planner users. We love all things that make planners fun, but we especially love the structure that they give us. Um I do only use one planner. That's about all I can handle. Anna uses about 500 billion planners. So Anna, why don't you talk about your planner structure and all the things you do to manage your time? <laughs> um, okay. So I have a planner that is divided into like the hour increments. So it starts from 5 a.m. to about 9 p.m. because I do feel like it cuts off there because that's, you need your sleep. So I feel like that's the time you should be going at night. Um, and then it starts at 5 because I don't know if y'all heard the 5 a.m. club. So I've heard a lot of like motivational speakers talk about this where if you're waking up at 5 a.m., the world is asleep, you know, and so you wake up. And you get so much done and you're much more productive before other people are even waking up. So that's why I had chosen 5 a.m. while I was in school to wake up because I would wake up and I would get some practice in and do, I don't know, like check emails and stuff like that. Like while no, while no kids were awake. Um, And then while they were waking up, I would be waking up. So I really liked the hour increments because I tried to fill those in with the things that I knew were important, you know, my, my kids class, this and that lunchtime, 
make dinner, attend this Zoom and this Zoom and this Zoom um, <laughs> and all that stuff. But I, I also, I like to stay busy. So even if I didn't like to see like empty slots, empty hour slots, I guess. I didn't like mm-hmm. to see the empty hour slots. So I would make sure to put like something in there, even if it was like, you know, when is my kid's bedtime and they had to like, you know, wind down for the day and take their baths and get ready. Or I don't know, I would put down like, okay, this is the time when I'm going to like work on laundry. And this is a time when I'm going to like do dishes and stuff like that. So I really liked like the hour increment planners um, because they just help me keep busy. I guess I, I like to keep busy. I also have the small little like Walmart planners, I guess that go, they show you like the month. Um, so I put like big events on there. Like, you know, I have a job this day, doctor's appointment this day, my water and my light are due or whatever. And then it, and then you open, like turn the next page and it has like the week. Um, so like Monday through Sunday. And on those days, I like the one I have right now because it actually has a little section that says to do. And then it has a whole bunch of little boxes, guys. And as y'all know, I love to check things off. So next to those, I, you know, I can read you off right here. It says register for the written um, RPR, um, pick up the groceries, 30 minutes of practice, another 30 minutes of practice, uh, meet with Sarah Murphy, um, work on my transcript, podcast recording, like the things that I have to do throughout the day, I have it in this planner that I keep on my desk. And this is my planner that is strictly court reporting related. So like everything that I just mentioned is court reporting related to me. I don't want to mix it up with my other planner that I have in my kitchen that is for the family and stuff like that. So those are like my two to three main ones. I guess I'm sorry. Everybody's gonna be like, why does she love planners so much? But honestly, if I didn't, I would feel so lost, guys. Like I feel like I always need to be doing something legit. I got that from my mom. Like she just never sits down. So shout out to my mom. <laughs> what I don't understand is how you can keep straight in one planner, like not double book yourself. Do you ever double book yourself since you're using multiple planners? Um no, I I have the hour one. And then so that one, I see like, oh, what's next to be done today? What's next to be done today? And then the court reporting one, I think that one's just like, I use it as like an overall checklist kind of thing. So I'm just like, oh, this is what I have to get done today and what I have to get done today and what I have to get done today. So I'll check things off. And the hour increment one is just so I can keep my day structured. I'm never like, I'm, I don't think I've ever like double booked myself where I'll be like, oh, I have no I. I don't, I don't think I have. Maybe I'm just that crazy that it like works for me. <laughs> I'm insane. Yeah, because I double book myself only using one planner. <laughs> so that's, that's why I'm on a one planner limit, guys. <laughs> I can barely keep that one straight. But I mean, I, I think you, if you're not sure what your planner style is, <laughs> you just got to try out different methods. That work for other people until you figure out what works for you. Try them so, <laughs> yeah, get a bunch of planners. Try one planner. I know that I just need one so I can see everything at once, or else I'm just a lost little duck. <laughs> I used to, um, I used to have just just the month. I, it was like a dry erase board for just like an overview of the month. This was obviously before I got really busy. Um, but we would put, I would put everything on there. So it would be like family events would be in one color. This is how weird I am, guys. Ooh, color coded. in one color. Holidays would be in another color. My stuff would be in one color. The kids would be in another color. Jose's things would be in another. Jose's my boyfriend, guys. Don't think it's just like some random guy. Um, so <laughs> everybody's things would be like in different colors. And that's how we stayed organized and structured as a family. So I've tried it all. That's awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. So if you have scheduling or planner questions, Anna is the girl to ask. Shoot me all your questions, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, you plan things ahead of time. You write everything down and then you go by what's written down and check it off as you go. Yes. I've also been known to not be at my planner when I make plans with people. So occasionally y'all will see me on <laughs> 
on the Instagrams, uh, legit asking y'all if I have made plans with you this week, please let me know. Cause I'm serious guys, the little old lady in me, if I do not write it down, it will not get done. I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> so I used to do that and I would honestly, I think it's the perfectionist in me, but I would be like, well, I have a schedule that I've committed to. And if it deviates from that at all, I'm a failure and I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do what I was supposed to do and I'm a failure. And that's, that's just the end of it. So what I started doing was I actually use my planner as more of like a schedule journal. So I really, really thrive off of flexible structure. I need a basic structure, but then I need to be able to change it as I want as the day goes so that I don't feel like a failure when I don't accomplish things the way that I originally committed to do them. So what I have found works really well for me is as I go throughout my day, even if I'm doing the same things every single day, I write it as I go through like a journal. So I have an 8 a.m. low speed class, a 9 a.m. high speed class, 10 a.m. Maybe I'm going to use it for testing that day. Maybe I'm going to jump into speed building. Maybe I'm already exhausted from the first two classes and I need a brain break. So that's another like I would like I don't I don't want to tell myself what I'm going to do at 10 a.m. because I don't know how I'm going to feel at 10 a.m. I know I'm not going to hit 10 o'clock and be like, all right, two hours was good. I'm going to just go sit on the couch and watch a show. Like, I know that I'm not going to do that. So I'm not worried about if I don't schedule it, then like if I don't schedule testing at 10, then I'm not going to do it. No, like I will test later in the day. If I'm not tired, I'm not going to go take a break. So because I know I have that discipline, I think that's why this works for me. Um, I also keep track of my my testing, my fails and passes because we are only we're allowed to take as many tests as we want in a week, but we're only allowed to fail six times. So if I don't keep track of it, there's really nowhere else that it's being kept track of. And if you pass those six fails, so if I failed six times and then I passed, that pass wouldn't count during that week. So I uh, I keep track of my fails and passes there. I'll write down if I'm working, if I'm working out. I just kind of, like I said, I journal my day in my planner. And then if I get to the end of a week and I'm like, man, this was a great week. I'm not going to be able to remember anything off the top of my head. So I look back at my week and I'm like, oh, I got a good solid six hours of studying almost every day this week. That's probably why I feel like it was so productive. Or I'll look back after a, a week where I'm just like mentally dead and I'm like, okay, I like didn't work out as many times as I needed to. That's been like really, really important to me to clear my brain or I'll be like, okay, I wrote down that I was studying at this time and this time, but I got super distracted during, during those hours. So even though it looks like three hours, I know I didn't do three hours there and I only wrote one thing down. So that's how I use my planner. That's cool. And don't, don't feel like a failure. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> going to say, I used to do that. Um, I used to be really strict on myself. Like, oh, I have to get these things done. And then mm -hmm. I started accepting that I cannot get it all done. And that's okay. So if one day, <laughs> what? I know, right? Oh, um, I know. <laughs> so I started accepting, I think it was around the time when I discovered Rachel Hollis. And I'm pretty sure you've been following me on the Instas. Y'all know my obsession with her. I started accepting that I cannot do it all. So if I had something on that day, like let's say it was the laundry or the groceries or something like that, and I didn't get it done, boop, I would just bump it over to the next day and everything was A-OK. -okay. And guess what? Nobody died. What? Uh, no. Not even, not even the little, little, little nerd inside of you? No. Once I started accepting the fact that it was okay to not be perfect and have my house clean all the time and have everything done by the end of the day, I guess I just, at the time I was just prioritizing school. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's, those are the things I need to get done because at this time and this season in my life, it was CSR or nothing. So, I mean, my house is still not spotless, but... <laughs> We're working on that because <laughs> now I have to balance work and my kids and home. Mm -hmm. So for another, yeah, for another it time. doesn't, it doesn't end when school ends. Exactly. <laughs> it continues. It so figure it out now. We're working on figuring it out we now. Are. This podcast. <laughs> 
All right. So let's jump into questions. We had so many submissions, guys. I am so excited that you guys are all wanting to join in the conversation with us. Like we're literally texting each other every day. We're like, hey, somebody submitted a question. We can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be so great. So even if I don't respond to all of you when you guys submit it, like I am storing it all away in my cheeks like a little chip <laughs> with this little nut. So and so <laughs> all right. So our first question is from MOC. She says, where do you start? I get overwhelmed with planners, but I need structure. So hopefully just in our little intro on like how we use planners and how we kind of manage our time with planners, hopefully that will help you. If you need more help with structure, like specific questions, feel free to message us. Like we're very happy to talk to you guys individually if you have a specific question. I think that if you get overwhelmed with planners, don't use one. I think that if you make yourself kind of a schedule or a routine, like a daily routine that, you know, hey, you don't have to write it down. You don't, you don't have to go buy a planner. That's just the way my brain works. But I wake up, set my alarm. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to get my breakfast. Then I'm going to head to my office until whatever time for these are the hours that I work. And then whenever I get home, this is what I do. If it just becomes, if you do it enough, it will become habit. That will be your routine. So you don't have to write it down and go, you don't have to be crazy like me. You can just be a normal person. But I feel like if you get overwhelmed with planners, don't use one. Just go about it in a daily routine habit kind of way. Like look at it, look at it like that instead of wanting to be insane like us with the planners. <laughs> That's a really good point because everybody processes information differently and is going to handle things differently. I personally really like having paper to write on and look at. I know other people do a lot better using digital apps or ways of tracking their day or planning their day. So yeah, like Anna said, if you don't thrive in a planner, then don't use a planner. Just figure out what works for you to help you maintain that structure. And if it's just developing those habits in that routine, or if it's setting reminders on your phone to go off and be like, hey, don't forget to do this. It's really just figure out what works for you. So that's... Yeah, I legit, I have... That was good, Anna. That was really good. Um, I honestly, I have like, I was going to exaggerate on the number, but I'm really going to see probably how many I have. I'm going to say 17-ish alarms on my phone, (laughs) guys. So like I was attending three to four Zooms a day. So if I didn't have an alarm on my phone, um, I set it for like 10 minutes before that way, like, oh, it's it's at 10 a.m. Then let me get my coffee. Let me make sure my, you know, my kids are okay, this and that. And then I tell them, you know, hey, for the next hour, I'm going to be in Zoom. So I would do that. And so like, if, if you need 17 alarms on your phone, if you don't want to use a planner, use all the alarms you want. It works. <laughs> you have permission. I'll give you permission. <laughs> all right. Our next question is T Tomp 421 She actually submitted two questions. So first one is, I don't have a consistent practice routine. I need an example of a template. So one of the advices that were submitted, actually, we had two kind of templates that we'll talk about a little bit later. But as far as the consistent practice routine, I would definitely say you're gonna have to try out and see what works for you. But with that, maybe try like an hour of focused practice, put your phone away, don't be checking social media or your emails, just focus on practicing for an hour and then give yourself a 10 minute break, go for a walk, something like that. And then go back to your practice. I know with me, I I do burn myself out because I really, really enjoy writing, but my body and my brain just can't handle it as much as my heart wants it. <laughs> so I really have to break Like I have to force myself to take a break. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like every day looks a little different because I have to be in tune with myself and aware of what my brain and what my body needs instead of just what my heart desires. Yeah, I, um, I don't know, maybe I just read it differently when she said I don't have a consistent practice routine to me. 
I, I felt like maybe this could not be the question, like consistency, you know what I mean? So to me, when you are consistent with something, you do it all the time. So going back to building a habit, I am part of a 100 day practice group. And it's only for like, now that I'm a reporter, it's for 15 minutes a day. You can set it for however much you want. So at first it was really hard and I was just like, oh, I have to practice. I have to practice, have to practice. But if you want to be consistent, just stick it out for a certain amount. What do they say? Like 21 days to build a habit or something like that. So do it for Mm -hmm. a while. Try to go for a month. However many days it takes to build this habit, stick it out for that many days. So now I had completed my first 100. I am on my second 100 days. Um, And I am on day 74 right now. So eventually it got to where like, it was just habit. I didn't feel complete unless I got that practice in. And so when you are talking about consistency, it'll just become like second nature to you. I know like people who work out who like, to me, it's like, I don't want to work out. But then at one time when I had my life together, I would walk every single day and it became a habit to where I wouldn't feel good. My body wouldn't feel good unless I went mm-hmm. and got my walk in. Like I would just walk 30 minutes. I'm not like, I'm not running miles guys, but it was just, um, it's just habit. So if you want to be consistent, try that out. And eventually it'll, it'll just be natural. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Her second question is how do you ask for help with balancing family and practice? So we're going to dip into this a little bit. Um, We are going to do an episode. I want to say we're going to do it after the next one. So this is episode three. So we're going to plan on doing a family slash mom as a court reporting student for episode five. But just to address it right now, I don't ask demand. Oh, I'm like, you say don't Don't ask ask. for help. Demand it because you've got to set boundaries. if, If these are important people like your family, they'll know how important this is to you. And so mm-hmm. if you tell them, hey, I need the help, you have to help me. If not, how am I ever going to finish? I remember having this conversation with my family towards the end. Uh, towards the end, I feel like I died or something. No, like towards the end of school, um, <laughs> towards the end. I'm just kidding. You can ask for the help and people will kind of help. And then they'll just kind of go back to not helping. But whenever you get serious and you demand it and you're like, look, it's either y'all help me or this doesn't happen for us. People will get their booties in Mm -hmm. gear and they will help you. So have that tough conversation with your family. Yeah. And the the first step to getting there, because I feel like this is something that might resonate with you since you're asking this question, but don't feel guilty for spending time on court reporting. It is something that you need for yourself. It's something that you're doing for your family. It's something that you deserve to be able to focus completely on. And you do deserve that help with your family and so that you can practice. You're not letting anybody down if you are asking for help. And like Anna said, you need to demand the help. You need to say, look, this is what I need in order for me to finish school. And you can always adjust it if you need to find ways that make it work. I know some some moms are a little more strict about kids with screen time. It drives me crazy how much my kids watch TV or YouTube or play video games. But in that same sentence, I'm like, please go play your video games and watch TV because that's keeping them busy. It's keeping them entertained so that I can focus on my schooling. They're on spring break right now, guys. They're on spring break. They are home all day long. And my schedule has not changed. Well, actually, the only thing that's changed is I'm not driving to and from school. So I got more I got more time. But yeah, I'm like, look, guys, you got it. I have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. So it's a little easier for me with them being a little more independent than it is for like a little kid. So Anna can speak a little more on like how it is with a little kid. And we'll get into that more in episode five, when we talk about family and court reporting and being a mom and trying to do all the things, but you can't do all the things. Yeah. You just can't. So so you need to tell people what you need so that you can do what you need to do. And you will do. not mess your kids up if they watch screen, if they watch TV, if they aren't they have screen time. Your kids will be okay, guys. I promise you. They will. <laughs> okay. 
Next question is Amanda B. Trunkle. How many hours a day do you each spend practicing? My ideal perfect day would be a good solid six hours of energetic life-giving practice. I don't think I've ever had a day like that. I think the day is that I do get to six hours. I'm like completely exhausted by the end of it. But that's my like ideal what I really want. I'm probably averaging three to four hours a day right now. How about you, Anna? Well, tell us about the end of your as like when you were a student, what you were averaging and then what you're doing now as a new Okay. Reporter. So while I was from February to about November of 2020, which is what COVID while I was waiting for the CSR, um, I got in probably a good solid three to four hours, sometimes more, sometimes less, but I always aimed for at least three, if not four. The month before, which I guess is like, I said that wrong. So like November to like December, I realized that it isn't how much time I'm spending on my machine because the month leading up to the test, I didn't want to be exhausted. I didn't want to burn out. So I aimed for a good hour. If I got two in, then that was good. You know what I mean? Quality over quantity, I guess. And then now that I am working, I do still practice every day because like I said, I'm part of the group where you do have to practice every single day. If not, you start all over again and I'm on day 74. <laughs> um, I get in at least 30 minutes of practice, which is like real-time coach dictation. That's practice because to me, practice is different from work. That's one of the requirements when you're in the group. If you're a student, the time starts separate from schoolwork. And then so when you're a reporter, your time is separate from your job. So I practice 30 minutes a day. Do you do study groups or what are you practicing now that you're a um, I still attend the the Zooms, they, the Zoom practice groups. Um, sometimes I will do the hour. Um, I will pick one depending on how, how my schedule is. So there's some in the morning, there's some like in the early afternoon, there's some in the evening, there's some at night. So there really isn't, you know, I, I think it saves people money because you don't have to like go out and purchase a real-time coach or EV360 or anything like that, because these are free dictations for like mm -hmm. anybody and everybody. So I just pick one. Like if I'm busy in the morning, I'll do the evening ones. I'm busy in the evenings and I pick a morning one. And so I just do the Zoom groups now. Whenever I'm really busy, I purposely just go in for 30 minutes. But whenever I have a free day, I do I do the whole hour. So how did you find these Zoom groups? Because I know that I've had people ask me or tell me that they don't have enough dictation. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to look to get more places okay, to practice. So I, have, so I guess at the beginning of like COVID and stuff, when everything was just like, virtual and everybody went into, into shock because all of the brick and mortars, the in-person went online. So that's whenever everything was more virtual and stuff. So people started doing these Zoom practice groups. And so I found them um, just randomly one day, somebody posted like on encouraging court reporting students, hey, having a Zoom practice if you want to join. And slowly but surely, they grew. So now, if you want the information for those, shoot us an email, and I will personally send you all of the times, all of the links, everything that is available. So all of those are in Eastern time, because if you're not good at calculating time zones like I am, just Google, ask Google, um, and she will help you. But yes, if you are looking for extra dictation, what I love about these groups is that it's just students just like you. Some are already working reporters. Mm -hmm. They don't care if you go every day. They don't care if you're late. They don't care if you leave early. They don't care if you have your camera on. It's not a class. It's literally just people helping out people. So if you want to attend, mm -hmm. shoot us an email at stenotalkpodcast at gmail.com. just kidding. <laughs> I was ready. Okay. Next question is from M Hurdle 77. She asks, what does your daily practice schedule look like? Anna, take daily it away. Practice schedule. Um, right now, I guess it's just, I mean, what I, what I said, um, it's just whenever I have the time, like I said, I'm just squeezing in 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and I attend the Zoom group. It's never, right now, it's never like 
um, at a certain time. I literally just have a little box on my planner that says 30 minutes of practice. And as long as I get it checked off by the end of the day, I am good. You know, so that's what my practice schedule looks like right now as a working reporter. All right. So since I'm still in school, I am attending my classes at eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And then I like to hit my one o'clock because that's a two voice Q&A. And I feel like that's probably my most helpful class. Um, my 8 a.m. right now is a low speed class because I am working on my 140s. Um, my 9 a.m. class is high speed because I know that listening to those high speeds are helpful. My school does offer a 10 a.m endurance class, but I haven't found that one as useful. So I usually skip that one and I'll either test during that time or do my own uh, speed building practice, or I'll take a break and do like an earlier workout. Um, but those my eight o'clock, nine o'clock, one o'clock are like the main ones that I really aim for. And that's three hours of writing. Now I like to try to get more time outside of my classes to actually do my speed building, the techniques that we learned about last week. Um, I feel like those are really, really, really important. So I want to do at least, okay, the over ambitious part of me says at least one hour per subject, which would put me at six hours of studying. <laughs> and that's that's just not realistic, but I that's my dream. Um, I do want to get at least one hour of speed building on one of my subjects where I'm really writing to perfection. I'm going up really high in speed and bringing it back down. And my goal is to write perfect at at least 10 above what I'm testing at. That's what my daily practice schedule is, uh, kind of what I'm aiming for, not like set. I think it's important to, like Anna was saying, she's like, you have to let yourself know that it's okay not to be perfect. So I've achieved that with my day to say, okay, as long as I'm hitting certain things, then I can be okay with the rest of it. Or as long as I allow myself flexibility, I'm not going to have a heart attack. Um, but yeah, that's what mine looks like. Okay. Our next question is Lydia G07. How to split up practicing question and answer, jury charge, lit, briefs, and theory. Cry face emoji, girl. I feel that. Anna, I, take um, it. I wanted to touch on this because this is what worked for me. Like I said, the last month before my CSR exam. So I was advised by the all-knowing Allie Hall. Love her. Shout out. I just flat out asked her, what do you suggest for somebody who has a month to prepare for the CSR? And she said, split up your, hold on, not good at math. And I wrote down all the numbers here. Grab your pens, guys. Write this down. She said, uh, let's see. Have to read it right. Um, <laughs> she said, dedicate 50% of your time to QA, 25% of your time to JC, and the other 25% of your time to lit. So because I'm not the best at math, I, like I said, I was practicing one-ish to two hours a day. Um, I would aim I would, so I would do this whole one hour. So for 30 minutes, I would work on QA. For 15 minutes, I would work on JC. And then for the other last 15 minutes, I would work on lit and they were all above speed. So I would get a good hour of above speed practice. My other hour, if I could squeeze it in, I always knew like, hey, this is it. This is a home stretch. I need to get this one hour done. I'm going to divide it just the way she said it worked for me. The other hour I would do like either a test, you know, something like that. I would go down to the, the target speed. So that's how mostly I split up my time. So for somebody who's trying to hit all three subjects, you could also another method is you could practice two to three times a day. So if you work in 30 minute increments, morning, afternoon, kind of evening, every 30 minute increment, one of the subjects do QA, JC, lit. If you, work, if you work in hour increments, dedicate your whole hour to QA, JC, lit. So that way you are getting everything in. And like I had said before, I would leave things like briefs or theory review 
I would leave that for the weekends when I had more time. So I would pick a day and I would work on my trouble words throughout the week. If I didn't know a brief or whatever, I would work on them on Saturday, let's say. Sunday, since it was kind of like a slower day, I would take out my theory book and I would review it. So I think it is possible to get it all in. And don't think of it as like getting it all in in one day. Think you have seven whole days to get all of this in. You know what I mean? So that's how I would strongly suggest that people and turn that cry face emoji into a smiley face emoji because you now have the (laughs) advice, the secret, the advice might not be a secret, (laughs) but yeah, I like it. I like, I like how she gave you percentages. So it really didn't matter how much time you were working with. You could just split that time. I up. hated that she gave me percentages because I swear I even emailed her after and I'm like, look, I just want to clarify. Uh, so she literally had to say, okay, so if you have an hour, so then that's how it made sense to me. Cause I'm so bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, guys, we will do a post on that so that you have it written down for you and we will break it down to percentage and if you did it by hour. Um, so for me, I have been like all over the board with like how I do all these different things. I've done straight quest Q&A, straight jury charge, blah, 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 straight like 30 minutes of like working on briefs, straight just all I do is like reviewing my theory book and listening to old theory videos and just drilling off of those. And it's something that I just really, I cannot stay consistent with it. And I know that it all comes down to like, well, are you trying? Like, how hard are you really trying? You can do anything if you really want to. But for me, what, again, like that, the technique that Sarah Murphy talked about that came out in last week's episode that has really been a way for me to do all of this within my study period, whatever, however long that is. So where I am, I'm doing a high speed take and then I bring, I start about 40% above my goal speed and then I bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. Once I get down there, then I'm by that point and I'm doing 15 seconds at a time, guys, like that's the only way that I'm catching these things. And that's why it's helping me so much because I've broken it down into such a short bit. And I am writing down any briefs, any outlines, any phrases that I might not be getting initially. And if it's um, if I need to look at my theory book, then it's it's a theory review as well. So I'm like, okay, well, this concept is, seems to be difficult. So I know I'm going to struggle with any word that has this concept. So then I can kind of go over that a little bit. And then after I get all those things down, I go back up to the high speed and bring it back down again. And I'm like all over the board until I can get it perfect. I'm playing, I don't do the same speed twice in a row. I'm either going down or up. And that has really, it's, it's funny because I know uh, we talked about how it's really about building that muscle memory. And I was listening to a dictation today and I like heard a word, but I was like, I'm not really sure what they just said, but I wrote it right because my muscles responded to it. And I was just like giddy with excitement. Like I was like, this is what Anna was talking about. I have muscle memory. It was great. So uh, that's what has worked for me. Um, yeah, I've tried it a million different ways. And I I like the idea of breaking it down and doing it in like its own little hour of full theory. Just this little hour of it. Just theory. It's great. It's wonderful. But it just didn't work for me. It's not something that I could consistently do. But it's so good when you with, find so. something that works for you because then you want the practice. Yes. You need the practice. Exactly. Yeah. Right, so. I get... I get mad at I get mad at myself when I'm like my brain starts giving out on me. I'm like, no, I want to go another hour at this. It's not perfect yet, and I want to write till it's perfect, and I'm getting it, and it's great. But then when I start pushing myself there, I start writing so sloppy, and so if I take a break and come back, I can write it perfect so fast. So your brain really does need a break. It's important. Okay, the next question is from anonymous. When you have a goal, but an important life event comes up, how do you deal? So I, my big life event that happened so far, the biggest event is I got married. 
And uh, we ended up, we got engaged January of 2020. We were like, yeah, we're going to wait like a year and a half. We're going to do like fall 2021 wedding. And then it was kind of funny. By the time we hit August, we were like, you know what? COVID's pushing everybody back. We don't know what next year is going to look like. Everything's pretty much opened up. Let's just get married in October, like the first weekend of October. So I, while I'm in school, while I'm working full time, I have my kids and now I'm planning a wedding in a month and a half. Um, The way that I dealt with that was just understanding that this was a very short term change in my schedule and it was a very exciting event. So I was not going to feel bad about focusing on that. And I maybe studied an hour on the days that I did study, but I didn't feel bad about it. And I didn't study that much, but it was just what I needed for that time. And I knew it was a short period. So I focused on getting into my dress. I focused on getting all the vendors booked. I focused on enjoying this exciting period of time with my fiance and we got married. And then I jumped right back into my studies. We didn't do a honeymoon. (laughs) He went right back to work grinding his little ass off. And I went back to my books, grinding my little ass off. And we haven't had a honeymoon yet, but we, it was just, it was beautiful. And I don't feel like I lost out at all by just taking the time that I needed to really enjoy that life event. All right. So our producer, Candice, let us know that she had a pretty big life event. So we're going to invite her on to share how she handled that. (laughs) So we, we were talking about life events. Mm-hmm. So when I started court reporting school, I was seven months pregnant. Ooh, I had that baby. So ambitious. <laughs> I had that baby and I went right back to work after six weeks and I only got a one week break during the semester for court reporting school. And oh then gosh. I got pregnant again. Holy smokes. And I, on both of these pregnancies, I worked up until the day that I gave birth. Good Lord. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So then when I had my second child 15 months after my first child, my school was kind of like, okay, we'll see you in a week. And so I sat in a diaper at my machine, and I I just made it happen because I was awake anyway because none of my kids sleep ever. (laughs) Oh, my word. And I just did what I could. If it was just writing to hard copy or going back to my theory book or writing to the television or writing to whatever my husband was saying or writing to who I was on the phone with, I just literally did what I could. Yeah, as long as your hands were on the machine, I mean, it's better than not practicing at all and losing speed. Yeah, I did lose a little bit of speed. And I will say that that really discouraged me until I realized, like, it all boils down to the time you put in it. So... Yeah, maybe it set me back a couple of months, but I also have two children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it evens out. Literally the longest LOA I took was when I bought our new, when we bought our new house and we moved in and that was a month Mm -hmm. off. But other than that, it's been nonstop. So in a nutshell, when an important life event comes up, you do what you can do with what you have and you don't feel guilty for what you don't do. And that's it. That's it. And it's going to be, it's going to be okay. You're still going to finish school. Facts. All right. So anonymous, we hope that helps you. All right. Next and last question. Underscore runner, underscore girl, underscore 66. I feel like you're in really good shape. Is that 66 for how many miles you run a week? Holy smokes. Amazing. I bet it is. I bet she's like super ambitious like that. Yeah. All right. She asks, how do you keep track of jobs from scoping to proofing to turn in? And that is specifically for you, Anna. Well, right now it's really easy to keep track because I only have two jobs. Um, but I am trying to keep track of them. This little old lady, guys, is going into the technologies, into the technological world. Um, and if you head over to Stano Stories Instagram, which is run by our very good friends. They have these little highlights on there. And one of the highlights is the Google Calendar. So they explain it really, really cool on there. 
I'm just going to give you like a basic overview, whatevs. So I schedule my jobs on there. I put when they're due. Okay, so right now, since I, I only literally have two jobs to like to juggle in my Google calendar, I can now see when my jobs are. And I put down, I count the days, math, okay. <laughs> I count the days when they're going to be due. So then I set a goal for myself to have it done by a certain day. I will scope within those days. And so the way that I do it is like in order. So the job that I just took takes priority over the next job. So if I have a job like on Monday, then I have a job on Wednesday, then I don't start my Wednesday job until I finish my Monday job and then so on and so forth. Um, and so what I do is once I'm completely done scoping it, I know that that one's going out first to get proofed. I write it down on my planners. <laughs> I write it down. So I'm like sent to proofer and then, you know, finish scoping. I, this is math again. I don't even know why I do this to myself. My last job was like what, um, 60 pages, right? So I aim to do, if I want to get it done in like three days, 20, 40, 60. That's 20 pages a day, right? So if I do 20 pages a day, then I just divide that into if I want to do a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening, you know what I mean? So I don't overwhelm myself and spend like hours and hours on it. So at first, because I'm really new, I work really slow. So I give myself a bit of a break and I don't try to be like, oh, I have to do this many pages an hour or whatever, right? So once I'm done scoping, I will send it to my proofer keep track of that. And usually it's like what, three to four days and then she gets it back. So while that first one is getting proofed, I start working on, I start scoping my next job. You know what I mean? So I'm not losing time. I might give myself like kind of a day off or like the evening off. You know what I mean? Um, I'm still trying to find my routine, but then as soon as it gets back to me from being proofed, because um, they say you should have like two sets of eyes look at your work. So mine, then my proofer. And then once my proofer sends it back and I make all the corrections, I go through it one last time to make sure that it's good to go. Whenever I also keep track of like the invoices from my proofer. So I have a nice little file on um, my desktop that has like, <laughs> it's just labeled invoices from proofer or proofer invoices and what I didn't know, and I learned, this is what I just recently learned. They Maybe they did go over this in school, but my friend was like, I'm literally going to do it right now in case catalyst. If you have a job, it'll, at the top, it says job date. Then there's a space that says due date. If you go ahead and click in there, click it, it'll open up a little tab, a little drop down thing. You can drop it down and you can pick when that is due. So if it starts getting closer to the date that it's due, your whole entire job gets highlighted in red. So Ooh. I'll know like, hey, I better get to it, guys, <laughs> you know? So um, yeah, that is something that I found to be very um, useful. My goal is to never be in the red, <laughs> hopefully never be in the red, but at least it's there in case if like an emergency happens or we have like a birthday party and I don't work on it on one day and then like I get pushed back like a day or something or whatever it'll always like remind me so that's how I am right now keeping track ask me in a few months and I would probably have like a much better system because remember guys I'm still a teeny tiny baby reporter we're going to give Anna some time to build up that experience to tell you guys all about it. Because remember, I've only had two jobs. Nine days. Nine, Nine days. days, guys. Nine days. <laughs> time for Crushnet Corner. This week, we're shouting out Jennifer Cook for passing 140 words per minute in jury charge and 120 words per minute in Q&A. Way to go, passing two speeds in two different categories. And we also have Miss Tara O'Connor passing 160 in Q&A with four voice. Hello, Anna, have you done four voice? Heck no, never. Heck no. no, me neither. And then our last shout out for the week is Aubrey, who passed a 160 Q&A with three voice prepping for her four voice. 
She specifically said this was her hardest Q&A ever she's taken. So congratulations, Aubrey, on your hardest pass ever. And Jennifer, Tara, Aubrey, y'all are freaking rock stars and you're crushing it. Crushing it. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave us a review. Also, check out our Instagram and Facebook, both at Stenotalk Podcast. And shoot us an email at stenotalkpodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or ideas for the show. We would love to hear from our listeners. Until next time, Steno Tribe, stay motivated, stay on your machine, and practice, practice, practice. Ready? Vegan. Babe, I need new headphones. I need new headphones. I'm messing up the podcast. That's going in for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Candace is like front and center. (laughs) Babe, I need new headphones.